Welcome to the Costa del Sol Cafe, a podcast reflecting on contemporary topics in conversation with faith, spirituality, and the arts. This podcast is brought to you by Guy Winter and Daniel Muñoz from their virtual cafe on the Costa del Sol. You can listen to our podcast on Google and Apple Podcasts and on Amazon Music, as well as on the Los Olivos Retreats website. Good morning, Guy. Hello, Danny. How are you doing? I'm well today. Well, it's good to be back in the Costa del Sol Cafe. It is. Sunny out there again. Yes. We did have a bit of rain last week. We have had rain and we totally needed it. And we need more, to be honest. Yeah. But hey, that's what happens when you live in the Costa del Sol. Yeah. Anyways, um, it is good to be back together again and to be exploring uh, uh, today a very interesting theme. Yep. It's a special day today, 14th of February. Uh -huh. And that means what? Well, I believe it means the first day of Lent. Uh, does it? No, I think it's Valentine's Day or Saint Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes, it is Valentine's today. Um, uh, happy Valentine's, everyone. Yeah, and love is in the air. Indeed, and that is the, the topic or rather the title of this um, week's podcast. Mm -hmm. Love is in the air. Yeah. Love is in the air Everywhere I look around Love is in the air Every sight and every sound So we, we thought we'd uh, explore a little bit this theme of love and uh, from different angles. And uh, perhaps uh, to start, um, I wonder if, Guy, you could tell us a little bit about the origin of Valentine's as a, as a celebration. As a, I will do. I've been looking into this a little bit and it's quite difficult to find the actual facts. But uh, we do know that it's, this is a Christian festival because Valentine or... Saint Valentine was a Christian martyr, a Christian saint. They're not quite sure who, um, who it's really named after because there were two Valentines who were martyred at very similar times in uh, Italy in the years 269 and 273 AD. Okay. There was a Valentine from Rome and there was a Valentine from Terni. And they're both. Oh, sorry, what is Terni? Terni is sort of just outside of Rome. It's they're both quite close. Oh, sorry, in geographically, well, okay. yes, in Italy as well. Yeah, and they're both. Both of these Valentines are buried in, or they have tombs in modern-day Rome. Okay. On the Via Flaminia, okay. which is hard for me to pronounce, but uh, that's what that's what it's a it's a central avenue um, in Rome. Okay. And it's thought that this particular festival was named after them, uh, and. It probably has Roman, uh, pre-Christian uh, sort of origins as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great story, this. Go on, there tell was, us. There, <laughs> there was a Roman festival called Lupercalia, and that was also celebrated in uh, February. And it was kind of crazy. It was a sort of festival that was um, not really a romantic love festival, but it was a festival dedicated to Pan and Juno. Okay who were um, Roman gods, yeah. and it was more about a fertility. Ah, okay. So this was, was sort of was the origin. Fertility origins. festival, rather. Yeah, but it yeah. is connected, I guess. It is connected. And uh, during this festival, they used to sacrifice um, a male goat and a dog. And a dog? Yes, and a dog. Oh, gosh. And then they would, after the sacrifice, they would kind of 
chop up the animals oh. and the magistrate and the young men who wore no clothes during this festival would take a piece of the actual hang on hang on a sec what do you mean they just they were nude yeah more or less yes and they were some of them were and some of them wore a little loincloth thing but that was it all oh, right okay. and they would take a small chunk of this sacrificed animal the, the the men and the boys and they would run through the streets and if they kind of came on any or encountered any women as they were running through the streets they would slap them on the hands with a with a piece of this dead carcass which oh, is no. horrible That's isn't it disgusting. really and and anyway and if you were a woman who was slapped with a piece of this carcass this was meant to be good for your sort of fertility you fall pregnant in the next year and all of this kind of thing so eventually women would actually go into the streets and try and get slapped with a piece of this carcass <laughs> It's terrible, isn't it? You can't really see this happening in Battle Madden, can you? No, you can't. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people are glad this doesn't happen these days. Yeah, absolutely. So that is part of the sort of pre-Christian uh, ceremony or origins. Origins. Or, yeah. And uh, this is thought to have pre. Yeah, this predated. This was then banned by a pope. Then we have a, a long gap uh, until we really hear of Valentine's being associated with a romantic. Uh, festival, and this was first recorded by apparently Chaucer in 1382. Well, that's the English writer. He was the, pr practically the first English writer. Yes, obviously he predated um, Shakespeare, and uh, he recorded it in a book or a writing called *The Parliament of Fowls*. Fowls, in this case, meaning birds. Okay. Uh, and he recorded that this was a sort of romantic festival. And then we get to how, you know, the real romance, when did Valentine's Day become kind of this special kind of gift-giving uh, modern-day thing that we experience now? And that didn't really happen until the 1800s. Oh, wow. So it's, it's you know, it's not old, this kind of Tradition. idea of giving gifts and cards and yeah. things. The first person who was apparently sent a Valentine's card was somebody who was imprisoned in the Tower of London, gotcha. a French man. And, and since then, it's sort of spread around the world, this uh, fest or this celebration of love, and it's now obviously a sort of huge phenomenon. It's amazing. So it's almost like the more modern version of it, it goes back to sort of Victorian England? Pretty much, yes. Okay. Yes. And because uh, then, then the English took it all over the world. It we, um, went all over the world, and it's now a massive thing. I mean, in the US... Apparently, about 140 million cards are sent each year for Valentine's. No, it's a lot. That's so, amazing. so, in 2023, it's estimated that people spent about 25 billion dollars in that year on Valentine's activities. That's a lot of money. It's a huge, and it's similar in Europe as well. That similar amount. I mean, Europeans spend a little bit less than Americans because the average American apparently spends 200 dollars on Valentine's Day. That's amazing. Per person. So that's $400 per couple. And what do they do? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. So That is unbelievable. Yep. I mean, um, I'm really struggling to think what you can do with that sort of money because that's like 400 euros a couple. Yes. And it's sim. I mean, it's a lot in America, but it's quite similar in Europe. And they some, some Asian countries spend even more than that. All right. And, okay, so what people spend it on, lots of people spend, like, sweets, Gifts, you know, chocolates, cards, yeah. still, <clears throat> yeah. even though kind of email has surpassed that a bit, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, flowers, obviously. I, yeah, I get that. Lots of jewellery. Oh, yeah. So of about 40% of people will 
spend money on jewellery, right. quite a lot of jewellery. That's a big thing. And an evening out or a kind of short holiday or something special, like that. Special dinner out or yeah. a romantic break, yeah. something like that. It's one of the biggest days for florists in the year, of course. And it's not only um, your dearly beloved that you might spend money on. Uh, what do you mean? Well, <laughs> what I mean is... <laughs> I'm intrigued that, now. Yes, that apparently... You mean the family members or... Well, no. Well, I guess that could be true, but um, an interesting stat is that of pet owners, a quarter of pet owners will buy some kind of Valentine's gift oh, for their for their pet. That's so sweet. Sweet, isn't it? Yeah. So this has become this massive commercial enterprise, and obviously people like to hype it up. We're seeing TV adverts and all of this kind of thing. Buy this, buy that. The rest of it. So it's gone from a sort of celebration of love to a bit like Christmas, isn't it? I mean, so it's, it's kind of deeply, I guess, if, if it slots really well into this whole culture of consumerism, mm -hmm. we are all, all uh, part of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've got this pressure that you have to do these things and spend this money yeah. uh, when you can't, or, or even that money is the answer to everything. Mm. You know, that the only way you can show someone love is by doing that. By doing something that costs you yeah. money, yes. That's, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting true, yes. tonight a very special surprise meal cooked by my beloved. Oh, you know. Not necessarily, <laughs> not okay. necessarily being taken out to, I don't know, any well, get on restaurant or somewhere like that. Yes, anyway. <laughs> that's, that's right now. Let's discuss that later. <laughs> so that's Valentine's today. It is. Love is in the air. So talking of sort of love today and this cultural phenomenon that Valentine's has become, but love is a bit broader than that, isn't it? Well, it, it is broader than, than just romantic love, obviously. And the issue with the, the English language, and in a way it's the same in Spanish, but we only have the one word for love. Mm -hmm. In English, you use the same word to say, <clears throat> you know, you love your, your wife or your husband or your partner or, or your lover as you used to say you, you love a car. Yes. Or, or you love a movie, or you love a... You, you can love anything, can't you now? Because yeah. we've been watching Traitors recently, or The Traitors, haven't we? Oh, and, yes. and it's just, oh, I love this, I love that, I love you all, I, and it's kind of devalued. You just throw that word around, like, yeah. and it's kind of losing the, the power of what love... Of what it originally means, means. And, and the various things it means, because it, yeah. it can mean more than one thing, I think. Um, I love the way in, in which the Greek, ancient Greek language has three words for, for love and yeah. they each means different things. Of course, ancient Greek is the language that was used by the greatest philosopher, you know, Plato, mm -hmm. Aristotle, Socrates. And, and of course, in the New Testament, yeah. uh, the words of Jesus and the teachings of, of Jesus are all written in Greek. Yeah. And, and there is this very clear distinction between three types of love for which there are three different words. Okay. Uh, agape, eros, and philia. Okay. And which one most closely maps onto sort of the Valentine's experience we okay. have today? So that's a good question. I think eros is the closest one. Okay. So eros is the one that um, uh, describes, I guess, almost sensual love mm -hmm. that is expressed through our sexuality and that is driven by desire. Right. Uh, this is the word uh, where, where the words erotic and eroticism come from in English. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but it's not just about sex, obviously. He has a broader sense of romantic love. Okay, so that really is Valentine's Day, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the problem is that this type of love is the one that traditionally uh, religions, particularly in the Judeo-Christian tradition, have more hang-ups about. Okay, go on. Uh, so Christianity, for instance, came up with a, a, a lot of rules about mm-hmm. eros, yep. this kind of romantic, erotic type of love, uh, which is uh, regarded normally as something negative unless it takes place within a heterosexual marriage. Yep. And so anything outside of that, mm-hmm. a romantic love, between uh, consenting adults but Mm -hmm. who are not married or between people of the same sex Mm -hmm. uh, they're all considered as as morally wrong okay that's eros that's eros and there are another two yeah yeah so the next one is philia Mm -hmm. Uh, and philia philia is like a deep but non-romantic love you might say so it's like the love for your family for Mm -hmm. your for your parents for Mm -hmm. your siblings and also the love for close friends That's philia. Right. What we might call brotherly love. Brotherly love, uh, yes, but not, no. Uh, Because brotherly love is more sort of a a broader, that's that's, that's coming up next. Okay, right. Yes. This is more the love of a literal brother or sister. Right, okay. Rather than a general brotherly Mm -hmm. love. Uh, But but it's also used to describe your love for uh, certain things Mm -hmm. uh, when this love becomes like a a driver in your life. For instance, the Greek philosophers... Uh, loved wisdom. Oh, yes. Okay, so they mm-hmm. devoted themselves to this type mm-hmm. of philia, of, of wisdom, of Sophia. Yep. Uh, some of us may love art. Or art, yes. Yeah. So what's the... Music. Yep. Uh, some of us, um, some people love money. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot in the Bible about the love of money as one being the root of all evils and all yep. that. Uh, that is all philia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where the suffix, a file, okay. in English comes from aha like audiophile what no that's a file that is an audiophile isn't it no that's not an audiophile like an mp3 file no like an audiophile is somebody who likes high quality reproduction of music Shut up. Do you, that, that, you know this? that word does not exist it does exist <laughs> you're kidding me <laughs> no it does exist seriously yeah okay so an audiophile all right yes then what other files are there okay so when i was at school at high school uh, my english teacher used to describe me as an as an anglophile ah yes because i loved all things english yeah and of course now i'm married to an englishman yeah so I'm you very still much, do i'm definitely a very anglophile <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> so so that's all file and mm-hmm. philia and then there is a, a third type of love. Go on. And, and this is uh, the word agape. Mm-hmm. And agape is a universal love that embraces everyone mm-hmm. and that is connected with friendship, with fraternity, what you said before, this mm-hmm. whole brotherly like Brotherly love or you know, sisterly yes, love. Yeah. Um, and it's normally connected with people that you love and care for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that bond within a community. Uh, when you have a, a shared, uh, often a higher purpose. Yeah. So in the Gospels, this has a sacrificial dimension. Mm-hmm. So and this is a lot of what Jesus' teaching was about, isn't it? Absolutely. So, so this is like the, the, God, the, the love that God has for humanity, for creation, in the Bible is agape. Okay. Uh, and in the Christian thought, this is the highest form of love. This okay. is unconditional, sacrificial love mm-hmm. that endures forever mm-hmm. and uh, under whatever circumstances or okay. whatever the circumstances and yes that's that's kind of the the love that jesus mentions yeah 
says agape. So, I mean, Jesus' teachings are overwhelmingly centered on this type of love. So where do we see the, these, these inspirations or these types of love reflected or in, within sort of our everyday lives? Movies, songs? Well, obviously, yeah. So obviously in the arts, in particularly in music, mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of the love that you hear in music is, is, is eros, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is eros. But, and I don't know what percentage of music is made up by some love songs, but it's a oh, lot, it's a lot isn't high. it? Yeah, yeah. very high uh, proportion. And then I was thinking of movies mm-hmm. because obviously you and I really enjoy films mm-hmm. and cinema. Um, and I thought one of the films that for me embodies or somehow describes at least two types of this love beautifully mm. is, is this um, movie that we watched a few years ago, um, Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. So the, this was, I think, 2017? 2017. Not too many spoilers because many people might not have seen this. All right. But if yeah. you haven't seen it... Um, Okay, there is a novel, there is a book uh, that is based on by um, Andre Asiman, who is an Italian-American writer. He wrote the novel, Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. on which the movie was then um, inspired. And uh, uh, the, the, the novel is beautiful as well. Yes. But the film, the story behind the film, shows these two types of love. They're, they're sort of, it's really a coming-of-age uh, romantic yep. drama, I yes. guess you call it. Yes, with a very young Timothy Chalamet. Absolutely. I think it was his debut. I think it? it was his breakthrough film. But, it definitely yeah. was. Absolutely. He, so he plays, Timothy uh, Chalamet plays uh, Elio, who is this young boy, sort of a teenager, um, who he's on holiday, summer holiday in, in their family home, uh, sort of holiday house in Italy. I mean, the cinematography is just stunning. It's amazing. Film. Yeah, it is. The, the, I mean, it's like the, a piece of art itself, isn't it? It is film? art. The aesthetics yeah. of it, it is just absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And the storyline, of course, is this boy gets there for his holiday, summer holiday, with his family in this beautiful house, and uh, there is this other young man there, mm-hmm. older than him. Mm-hmm. He's doing a, well, like a. Um, he's studying with a father, or the father is some professor, isn't he? That's right. Yeah. So this boy is there as a. It's character. like a summer study project. Yes, yeah. as an intern or mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, you know there is this connection, mm. and so there is this this love that somehow grows between them. Yeah. Eros, I guess, what you get here is is the uh, the idea of. The, the falling in love for the first time, mm, yeah, you know, and uh, this is why it's, it's a coming of age story. Yes. So Elio is a young boy, and Oliver is the older, yep. the older one, the, the young man who is older than him. And when Oliver leaves, Elio is devastated, yeah. And in in the midst of that devastation, feeling this pain of separation and uncertainty whether he's mm-hmm. ever going to see him again, yeah. Um, another love is portrayed in this yes. film, yeah. And that's the one with the father, isn't it? Yeah, with the, with one of the best speeches of a film in a film that you've, you can see, I think. I mean, it's absolute. Shall we listen to it? Yeah, let's have a little excerpt of it. Yeah. So, welcome home. Thanks. Oliver, enjoy the trip. Yeah, I think he did. 
You two had a nice friendship. Yeah. You're too smart not to know how rare, how special what you two had was. Oliver was Oliver. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver may be very intelligent, but... Mm. He was more than intelligent. What you two had... had everything and nothing to do with intelligence. He was good. And when you least expect it, nature has cunning ways of finding our weakest spot. Just remember I'm here. Right now you may not want to feel anything. Maybe you never wanted to feel anything. And uh, maybe it's not to me you want to speak about these things, but uh, feel something you obviously did. Look, you had a beautiful friendship. Maybe more than a friendship. And I envy you. My place, most parents would hope the whole thing goes away. Pray their sons land on their feet, but... I am not such a parent. We rip out so much of ourselves to be cured of things faster that we go bankrupt by the age of 30 and have less to offer each time we start with someone new. But to make yourself feel nothing so as not to feel anything. What a waste. So for me, this is one of the most beautiful and exquisite depictions of philia, mm -hmm. of fatherly love, father-son love, where the father just opens up to yeah. his son. So that we, so we've covered here in this in this movie, Eros and Philia. Yes. What about the third one? Well, the third one is Agape, this sort of brotherly love or Agape. Yeah. There's, you know, there's plenty of uh, TV series and films about that, that describe this as well. I mean, yeah. one of our favourites, or it's a bit old now, would be uh, the Big Bang Theory. Oh, I love the Big Bang Theory. Where these friends just put up with <laughs> this very annoying character that is Sheldon. Yes. Um, through about 15 series, I think. It's and unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Because he is so annoying in many ways, but yeah. he is also very loving himself, isn't he, Sheldon? And well, the thing with the Big Bang Theory is that everyone loves Sheldon um, for who he is. Mm -hmm. Even though 99% of the time he comes across as this very self-centered, arrogant guy. Totally. Yeah, he doesn't seem to care for anybody else at all, does he? But he does really, I think. Yeah, and, and the thing I love about it is that all of the friends, but especially Leonard, who is really his roommate, mm -hmm. his uh, flatmate, they don't just tolerate him, but they, they are somehow able to ignore his, his sort of childish tantrums oh. and, and things like that. 
because they are able to see beyond that facade of uh, conceit and self-confidence. Uh, and that's what agape love does. Yeah. is able to see beyond uh, your, your friends' sort of failings or annoying habits or insecurities or masks mm -hmm. to the beautiful human being that hides behind that. Yeah. And be able to embrace them and love them for who they are. Mm. Even yeah. if sometimes you wish... They would change. <laughs> they would change. <laughs> But they're not necessarily going to change. So you have to... <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it's, it's embracing the other, isn't it? And, and that's what agape is. It's, mm -hmm. That's why it's selfless, it's unconditional, and it is the hardest type of love. Yeah. I mean, Eros is driven by desire, so we mm -hmm. don't have much control over it. Yeah. You know, it comes from a gut place from yeah. within us, and therefore it's kind of easier in... in And Philia as well, you're born with your family, with your deepest, you know, closest family. And that's yep. a love that it's almost like a soul connection with the people mm -hmm. that, that you grow up with. Mm -hmm. So that also is, a, in, a, in a way, an easier love. But agape, that is a tough love. That is a tough love. It's very hard to do, isn't it? And again, here we are on Valentine's Day. Wouldn't it be great if this became a slightly wider celebration than just how many cards did I get for Valentine's Day, which can often be a horrible thing anyway if you didn't get any. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, sorry, I forgot to send you a card. <laughs> well, I noticed. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, so, yeah, if this, 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 this one day that we all kind of obsess about and has become super commercial could just be something a bit broader. That would be amazing. Mm. I, I think I think it's that's a little challenge for all of us. Okay, mm, so to think about Valentine's in new ways, yeah, and try and maybe play less the whole consumeristic um, card and more the whole kind of agape um, mm. card with others. Yeah, so that's a challenge. Maybe next year we can start thinking about how we can do this better, mm -hmm. so that it's a more inclusive love yeah. uh, that we celebrate and not just this very you know, it's specific and narrow type of, of love. Thank you for listening to Costa del Sol Cafe. We hope you've enjoyed this week's conversation and we look forward to sharing together again soon.